What's up, everybody? This is Phil Rogacki. And I'm Jared Abergina. You're listening to Two Tree Guys Podcast. What's up, everybody? Phil Rogacki here with another episode of Two Tree Guy Podcast in Asheville, North Carolina at ArborFest 2023. Um what an awesome show here, guys. If you guys have never been out to an Arbor Fest, get your ass out here and partake in this. It's super awesome. Uh, and if you guys are the first time ever listening to the show, uh, man, we got different episodes that you're going to be listening to. We got our gear talk. We talking about different products, how it was made, why it was made, the purpose of it, safety behind it, uh, the good, the bad of that. So tune into those. We have those weekly. We have our safety talk and our safety flashes where we talk about real life incidents that happen in the industry and how do we have better controls and better things that we can do to prevent those type of things that happening. We got our mini episodes, our what's your story that you're going to listen today. And also too, we got our full length. If you're ever out in California, the door is open. If you need a place to sleep at night, we got a place. Come hang out. Come be on the podcast with us uh, at the Academy in Santa Rosa, California uh, for that. But uh, and remember, there's a fee for the show. And that fee is pay it forward, post it, share it. Nobody's paying us for this. It's all a cost. And all we ask is for you to get it out. If you got something out of it, if you seen value in it, if you learned something, if you laughed, share the show for that. But uh, uh, we got a gentleman, a, a, a legend in the industry. Uh, I've heard your name before uh, many times. First time I got to meet him, Kevin Bingham. How are you, my friend? Good. Thank How you for having you? me. Yeah, Excellent. welcome, welcome, welcome here. How's the show been so far for you? It's been fun. Yeah, I really like this show. It's, uh, you know, I think a, a difference from the TCIA or some of these bigger shows. You get a little more uh, salt of the earth, people that are just doing a little bit more personable. Personable. Yeah. Yeah, it's not necessarily the elite climbers that are here. It's people out actually doing tree work every day. Yeah. Um, some of the people I've met never heard of a rope wrench. Never, so that's always exciting for me to talk to people who are still in a top line hitch or blade yeah. hitch. And I think this show is really reaches a really broad demographic. It's it's a good and also as far as trade shows go, you don't see a lot of machinery here. It's all about the climber. It's all yeah. about the you know. And that for me is refreshing coming from the TCIA in November. It was hard to find a climber booth so completely been yeah. taken over by iron did so. you did you go upstairs no i haven't gone upstairs. no no not oh, here oh but i've seen up upstairs what are you talking about tcia <laughs> did you go up to the upstairs oh TCIA? yeah 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 you know the next year is going to be even more awesome so that whole area mm. is all focused on climbing and working right, with gear yeah. and individuals like that so yeah i think it i think that's the way it needs to be yeah and mm. yeah, yeah. I, actually i went downstairs at tcia one time and I was down there for like five minutes and I was like, oh, I'm going to go back upstairs. Yeah. I mean, I think they, they, there were some things downstairs, like there was a few, uh, brands downstairs that should have been upstairs and they were nervous because so it was the first time doing it. So they were like, yeah. eh, let's see how it goes. But this year or next year in St. Louis, mm -hmm. it sold out like that. Okay. So everybody wanted to be in there and be able to showcase their gear and be able to use it in the work line stuff. Cool. You know, which yeah, is going to yeah, be yeah. awesome for that. So. It, this is uh what's your story so you know uh your story is unique your story 
is different than anybody else out in the world. Uh, you've experienced different things in your life that people have never experienced. And this is the time you get to share it uh, and showcase it for that. So love to hear what your story is. Um, well, I guess as far as being in a tree climber, an arborist, uh, I lived in Colorado. I grew up Arizona, Colorado, um, got into rock climbing. Um, at the same time, I was my grandmother had a garden mm -hmm. and I, she, I would hang out with my grandmother in her garden. So I also got a real appreciation for plants and watching things grow. Um, I would say where now, where'd she learn that from? I guess just being a grandmother, I, probably, <laughs> I don't know, <laughs> just, <laughs> 30 somewhere. Yeah, yeah. But she, you know, she was really, she took a lot of pride in having big, nice tomatoes. And I remember eating raspberries <laughs> off her raspberry bush and I would be there during the summer and she gave me a little corner of her garden where I could plant some seeds and stuff. What'd you plant? Beans, I think, because they, you know, pop up real quick. Yeah. Um, Were you proud of those when they grew? You know, I probably, they probably didn't grow very much. <laughs> <laughs> but it's still fun to go out there and dig around in yeah. those dirt. And, um, so I definitely like got an appreciation and pleasure out of being outside and around uh, things that grow mm -hmm. and that relationship. And I was probably 16, maybe 15. I was avidly rock climbing. I did gymnastics too when I was younger. Oh, wow. Um, soccer, basketball. Um, but just walking home from school one day, I saw some uh, arborists climbing a tree and like, wow that's that's a job you know yeah and i asked them right then and there i was like can i get a job this summer working here and they're like well how old are you i'm 16. Like, we'll come back when you're 18. and i did you so, remember that for two years yeah, to come so, back to this guy yep he told me his number and everything aesthetic tree surface in denver colorado are they still around i believe so i have not touched base with him in a while but um he was a certified arborist he uh did things semi the right mm -hmm. way um, I mean, now, now I know more, I can look retrospectively, and, yeah, but <laughs> that was pretty dangerous. Uh, but you know, real good dude. And, um, yeah, I came back that summer right after graduating high school and work. That was my first job doing tree work and I loved what, it. what did you think when you first came in and I mean, first day, day one for, you know, well, so the first day he asked me to put a coil, a quart of oil in the, um, in the truck because I took a quart of oil pretty much maybe every week or so uh -huh. and I put that quart of oil right in the transmission so oh, it wasn't shit. a good start to the day how'd you tell him um I think somebody or caught me like wait wait where, where are you putting that <laughs> like uh here <laughs> like oh shit oh no oh, no no shit. Yeah, we had, we had to drain the whole thing, and it was. And you're just going, oh, that's my first and last day. Yeah, this is it. They no, kept you. You showed up. No, the next I, day. I worked the whole summer. I worked the whole yeah. summer. Um, and yeah, I, I loved it. I loved every minute of it. And he knew I was a climber and wanted to climb, so he let me do that a little bit. And actually, the foreman, he was the main climber. He ended up. I remember he was a big. Uh, dirt biker too mm -hmm. so he was one weekend he went out dirt biking and 
jacked himself up pretty good. So then you had to step so, in. So I he I got it was like ah coming off the bench. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Put me in coach. Put me in coach. So that was that was that was great, but you know, I learned how to tie a taut line hitch and um get up in a tree and use a pole saw. He actually uh the only real accident I've ever had well, I've had minor ones but the only one that required workman's compensation yeah. was that summer i cut my pinky off because he had uh uh electrical tapes yeah the, you know the dual handles yeah you put electric tape on the safety up there and i lopped my pinky off off How, well not bit? off they sewed it back on it was hanging on it came right through the bone do there. you have feeling there anymore or no feeling it's a uh, very little feeling and in the cold it gets i can gets it's yeah. kind of it's like when people ask me what have you ever been injured this is dangerous work have you ever been injured like well my pinky, my pinky. <laughs> <laughs> it was, uh, but i think that actually woke me up to oh this is you got to kind of yeah stay awake during this job even when you're trimming bushes all day yeah especially when you're trimming bushes yeah. all day wow wow so then but, what what did you do after that as you started climbing and stuff I mean, where was your kind of natural progression that you were going or what did you see? Like, I need more. I want my next step. Here's what I need. So I went, I did go to college in California. And during college, I worked at a, a botanical gardens in Southern California. Um, and I studied environmental. The only thing I could think of that had, I knew pretty much at that point that I wanted to be doing something with trees. Mm -hmm. And I thought maybe I could be a little more academic about it and, but in college, I learned that pretty much all those jobs would require me to be inside. Mm -hmm. So that like the my side job at the botanical gardens where I basically worked with, you know, I was weeding and pruning and learned about plants. And um, that actually was more of a educational experience that I got from college than the actual college part. Gotcha. Um, and every summer I would work at uh, one summer i worked in new mexico for a tree service one summer i worked in montana at a tree service so i'd go uh, i had a group of friends and kind of did you knew this was going to be your career or or your profession i had a pretty good idea it was do you remember much, that moment where you were like this is it this is what i want to do i mean i think when i saw that when i was 16 that that was actual profession <laughs> also actually that's not even true um uh my uncle, who is actually my, I have family out here in Asheville and in Atlanta. Okay. Yeah. And when I was probably eight or nine, uh, my uncle had a neighbor. Um, and I'm, I remember his last name, Jenkins, is with Tree Care International. He's okay. down in Decatur and he runs a recreational tree climbing tree. He, like, he takes people tree climbing. Yeah. And he was, I was a climber. I was into that kind of thing. And my uncle introduced me. I was more, I was older. I was probably 12. So, um, okay. But he introduced me to the idea that you could climb trees. Like that was the thing. Um, and then when I saw the you guys, actually see, it, it see, wasn't just for fun. It was like someone's making money doing it. Yeah. Well, I wasn't thinking about making money, but that I was, like, but when you were 16, you seen, seen someone. See, when I was 16, I saw, Oh, this is actually yeah. a career. That's yeah. a career path. Cause you thought it was just, for fun just before that for fun and i mean i climb trees i climb rocks and yeah um 
I was motivated. The guy in Atlanta, Jenkins, you know, like tree climbing is really fun and there's adults that do it. And I, people pay me to take them out tree climbing. Mm-hmm. You know, that was like kind of, I think, started the seed a little bit. But I don't really ever remember having any other except possibly uh, riding horses. So the two, my two things that I've always said, I, if I could do, what, what do you want to be when you grow up? Like I'm a tree climber or a horse rider. A horse you know, rider. And I actually did play around with riding horses yeah. uh, for, I was like, oh, could I do this as a career? And realize that the people that you have to ride that have the money to do horses, are like pretty horrible crowd. Like <laughs> tree people are so much better. Yeah. And I think that was- You still like, ride horses? No? Not really. Not really. I mean, that's a hard thing to- That's yeah, expensive. <laughs> expensive. expensive. But, um, so something be- being i like being with animals i like yeah. animals i like trees and, you know yeah. i like being outside and so i think those those have been my driving factors what can i do to work with nature be outside and have fun yeah and are you still, use my body are you still uh, having fun yeah oh yeah i mean i think um the tree industry the tree business that i never really wanted to be a business owner or anything like that so i think there's been a lot of uh not so fun i have a i have experiences some tension from trying to run a business and i like i didn't sign up for i just want to climb trees um (laughs) and right now actually i'm in a pretty good situation with my tree i have a small tree service in detroit and um well, let's you know, back let's back let's back up a little bit okay so in when you were at the botanical garden in la where where was your next move after that so where actually were, my next move after that um was here in nashville okay um and i moved out here uh, i was here for a year after graduating college and i got a job with appalachian arborist this guy will blozen who just an incredible inspirational mm-hmm. this guy like i like he worked really hard and then on the weekends his passion was big tree hunting mm-hmm. so he would go out and uh, this is the epicenter of big trees on the east coast so if you're gonna go look for big trees this it's is here it's here the smokies all the way down to south carolina got it. you got it but um you know any big trees on the east coast are here and every weekend he'd go out and like he'd be like i remember i went to his house uh with my girlfriend they invited us over for dinner Mm -hmm. and like we eat dinner and then sort of sitting around afterwards and he's like uh so you want to watch a tree video (laughs) and like he pulls out a vcr and we start watching tree videos and my girlfriend is like But, uh, you know, like that, that kind of passion yeah. was, I loved it. You yeah. Know, like, yeah, let's watch a tree video. Awesome. Yeah. <laughs> let's do it. Your girlfriend's like, fuck, what did I do? What am I doing here? Uh, is she still your girlfriend? No. Well, no. Well, well, that's right. She I didn't mean, like the tree video. She didn't, got rid of her. <laughs> didn't like <laughs> the tree video. You dumped her right after that. Yeah. <laughs> well, she actually ended up getting a job in Detroit. Uh-huh. And then we moved up to Detroit okay. shortly after there. Um, but then she was from Chicago and she ended up moving back to Chicago. Chicago. I ended up staying in Detroit. Okay. 
that was 20 years ago. Okay. So. <laughs> well, so you needed her to take you to Detroit, she needed, right? Yeah, that's how I ended up in yeah. Detroit. Everybody was like, how did you end up in Detroit? Like, what in the hell? Yeah. Like, I'm glad I, I lived up there. Dude, but, um, good. It was a girl. <laughs> you went there for a girl. <laughs> that's usually how it goes. Why'd you move there? Oh, girl. She was still around? No. <laughs> no. We're like, oh, the lakes, the... <laughs> the four seasons and it's beautiful up there in the fall i do love the snow i michigan is i've, I've really learned to love michigan yeah detroit, michigan's so beautiful beautiful it's, it's state man it is a beautiful state beautiful state and there's detroit's a really cool city like there's i've been to other cities and like the freedom you have in detroit and the people there and the, i don't know it's a, it's a it's a real good city i'm i've like I'm all all about Detroit now. I, li- I like Detroit. I do too. I mean, we'd go up there for a Tigers game. We'd go over to Windsor and we'd go eat. A, it's called the Tunnel Barbecue. I don't okay. think it's there anymore, uh, but they're some of the best ribs in North America. And we'd go there and watch a Tigers game. It was just cool. Yeah, I mean, it's not aesthetically the most beautiful city in the world, no. but it's got its little gems. You can buy like a 15 bedroom mansion there for like. Uh, I think they give it away for free in some areas up there. Not so much anymore. No. It's, it's, that's, it's been a minute since you could do that, but I'm still like, my parents are down here in Asheville, so yeah. uh, I look on, you know, try to see what you can buy for how. We have a, I have, I've got my wife and three kids now, and we yeah. have a beautiful house in Detroit that we got for thirty five thousand oh dollars. And like, so that's sort of like I'm thinking. Oh, my house is like less than a pickup truck you can't wow. you still that was you can't do that anymore yeah. either there but you look at a house down here and it's like a million dollars for a it's crazy it's, i'm like oh i guess i'm not going to be moving anywhere near my parents in the <laughs> no it's crazy it's crazy but so going to detroit um what did you start doing in detroit did you start working with a company so i when i moved up there it was the middle of winter and so i uh you know, I interviewed around for a few, a few places and um, said, yeah, check us out in the spring, summer and ended up waiting tables for a while. So probably six months I was waiting tables and then I got a job at a small tree service. I got a job at a larger tree service, but I chose the smaller tree service because the guy was seemed like really into trees. Yeah. And I learned a hell of a lot from him too. like horrible business owner, but super i think this often is hand in hand but and not so much of a climber but he understood trees and biology and like yeah. um he really i learned a lot from him i worked worked with him for for several years cool um then sort of kind of i think as i'm discovering now with as i hire people like mm-hmm. you start becoming a good climber and then you're like you know what i'm gonna do this on my own i can <laughs> So I did that, like, um, my climbing at that point had gotten pretty good. I started going to the, 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 the competitions and, um, yeah, so it, I think, gosh, 2000, I moved to Detroit in 2001 and then by 2005, I started my own little contracting, I was, yeah. started contracting and then as I got my own clientele, started doing my own tree service um, when was that when 2005 2005 you started and, your probably own till 2005 it wasn't till i got married in 2012 that it actually you could call it a real company you know, okay because i didn't 
all I needed was like beer money and <laughs> you know <laughs> you were good. I was good. But like, in 2012, you had somebody else. You were starting a family. Starting a family, and, and you needed um, to make some money. To pay I needed the bills. to make some money, and she came on board and was like, uh, "Wait, what's going on here? Like, how much do you owe in taxes?" Wait, a- <laughs> oh shit! <laughs> so she she was your first accountant. She was the first person to like actually looked at my books. And yeah, like uh, you, you know what? I don't think this is working. Like you're, you don't know what you're doing. And, <laughs> You were like, I learned it from that last guy who was really good in biology, but didn't know anything about business. Exactly. Um, and so, so she came on board and kind of made it more serious. Yeah. So I would say the real start of of Singing Tree, like Singing Tree as a company has existed. That's your company, Singing yeah, Tree? Yep. That, that existed since like 2006 or seven. Um, and you know i was working my ass off but when i didn't when i had when i get a little money then i you know go to a tree climbing competition somewhere uh-huh. and, and spend it know, all spend it all and it, it was it was it was nice yeah um you know the tooth I, I was had a load handler in the back of a pickup truck well actually i even going reversing when i first went out i uh had this idea that i was gonna have a bike based tree service so a what a bike based a bike based. So I bought a little tiny chipper and carried it around on a trailer. And, you know, I was pretty um, thinking that I could get away from cars and machines. And, you know, yeah. I loved everything about tree work except all the machines. Uh-huh. And all the that's, why, that's why you're not as big a fan of the TCIA. Yeah, like, I don't, I mean, I have an 18 inch chipper now, but I hate it. Like, yeah. I, like I, I don't, I don't want to chip in that thing. It was like somebody else <laughs> deal with that. But um, yes, it's the my first setup was like I'm gonna do this on a bike. Yeah. And then that um, I ended up getting a, I bought a six inch chipper off of Tree Buzz. Okay. Um, and I hauled it around. I had a Volkswagen diesel pickup truck, which is basically a rabbit pickup truck. So I tow the tow that, and you know I was chipping in people's mm-hmm. yards. Yeah. And then I got a F-150. Um, what? It was, no, that's even... That was before that. So I had the that Rabbit. I converted it to biodiesel. Mm-hmm. And then I got a... Um, it was an Oldsmobile pickup truck. Okay. With a... It had a diesel engine in it. And I converted it to vegetable oil. Um... But in the process of converting it to vegetable oil, and apparently this truck sucks. Like it's, there's a reason why you never hear of Oldsmobile diesel yeah. pickup trucks because they it's like a horrible, yeah. Um, it was a Chevy truck with an Oldsmobile diesel engine in it. You got it. Um, and I converted it to vegetable oil and totally screwed up the process. And what really killed it is I lost a dipstick um, somewhere along the line. So I didn't know how much oil was in it. <laughs> You would then then you started just putting it in the transmission. Yeah, I just put it in the transmission. But, <laughs> it doesn't matter. But um, yeah, I also I learned quickly that I did not want to be a biodiesel. That making biodiesel is horrible. Like any job in the world you don't want is making biodiesel. One. Like I was. Uh, that was a period of my life I did not have a girlfriend, and you're not getting a girlfriend if you're making biodiesel. Like I was literally going into people's grease traps and getting grease out of their grease traps and then 
mixing it with heavy chemicals oh, to gosh. make biodiesel and like oh i stunk it was horrible but oh. it was interesting i learned a lot but I definitely like screw that yeah um it sort of progressed progressed i ended up getting a uh f-150 got a load handler you know you crank it out on the conveyor belt mm -hmm. and then i got a easy dumper mm -hmm. and then i got a 12 inch chipper and then i got a um a little azuzu cab over yeah and so it's sort of one thing i've always tried to not be in debt at all so none of none of these purchases all, all kind of as or as little debt as possible you know like if i can because you're trying to pay back all those taxes. All those taxes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah. So um, then from there, where, where'd you go? Started your own company. You're building it. When'd you get your first employee? Um, 2007. Yeah. Yep. I had my neighbor, Gilbert. Does he still work with you? No, unfortunately, he was older and he ended up uh, getting dementia. Oh, man. So he's he's now in a, a old person's home. Yeah. But an incredible person. Like, just... You ever yeah. go visit him? You know, occasionally, uh, it, I, he, he rides his bike regularly and he comes by my house. And so I talk to him. But it's one of those things where the conversation, talking to somebody with dementia, yeah. it's really... I used it's to work. Hard. I used to work in a, a dementia unit in, mm. in a nursing home. Really, from that. So it's uh, one day you're their son. One day they know you. One day yeah. it's, it's it's tough. He still remembers me and he knows my name, but That's it's good. like, uh, and he's he's still able to. He's got this routine. He goes up to Trader Joe's uh, on his bike and then buys things and then goes home. And yeah. he was, but he was an incredible person. Like a chef had done everything. He had. He ended up moving next next door to me after his divorce. He didn't know what he was doing. He didn't really care anymore. And mm -hmm. he's just all around good dude. So he's worked cool. with me. So so where, where's your where's your company now? Where's it going? Well, right now um, it's in a pretty good spot. I've got three excellent guys that work with me. Um, I've got a guy who does all the sales. Another thing I, I I like talking to people about trees, but the sales part of it I always screwed that up. Like I never felt good about, I was either, I always felt like I was ripping somebody off or I was ripping myself off and I just could never really get a hang of the selling. Um, so my wife quit the company. She said to hell with this and she went back to school. So she's gone back to school. Um, so we've got a guy doing sales. We've got a wonderful woman in the office. Um, I've got a woman who works two days a week, another guy that works two days a week, and then two guys that are full-time. So we always have a three-man crew. Nice. Um, we hire contract climbers, and I'm basically a contract climber now. Okay. So um, so if anybody's out there, I mean, how do they get in contact with you if they're... Well, usually they look on the schedule and be like, oh, we don't have a contract climber. We're going to need you this day. Okay. Um, but if, say, somebody out there wants to come work with you, how, how do they, if they're coming up to Detroit, they oh, live up there. How do they get in contact with you to maybe be, be on that list or. I mean, we, we would love, we love people coming through. We've had, I mean, I really like contract climbers and, you know, at first it was sort of like, oh, I really want to, you know, have a super climber who can take my job. Yeah. But 
Now, I feel like a super climber who wants to be an employee is pretty, it's kind of a unicorn. Mm -hmm. So having these guys come through and we've got, you know, three really competent people that are there every day and they can hit, we got a little spider lift. How um, you like that? I hate it. Oh I, yeah, you hate, you hate all mechanical. No, I'm not going up in that thing. It's fucking, <laughs> excuse my language. No, but, you can cuss on here. It doesn't all right, matter. yeah, no, I, that thing sketches me out. But uh, um, it's actually really great because in a, like if I go out on the crew, I'm always trying to race it. Yeah, like, like I like, could beat that. I can beat it's it. like, you ever watch The Office? You yeah. ever watch the show The Office mm -hmm. when Dwight and they had like the onside, onside, uh, online computer salesperson that was selling everything and Dwight, he wanted to beat him like, I can outbeat any mechanical equipment out there. It's right. like kind of like you here, you know. Yeah. When, I'll outclimb that. I'll beat that. I'll chip faster than that. Yeah. No, I, I like. If if things go well, my my throw line game is on. You know, I'm, I can you hang. Can, you can, okay. can hang. But it's like a, you have a competent, smart, intelligent person with a spider lift, and they can accomplish so much. And there's a lot that they can't get to, yeah. but it's you know it is a game changer for you know having Good. a tree service that we can fulfill the yeah the demand that people have yeah without having like a you got to compete against know? everybody else out mm -hmm. there you know i mean and so anybody listen to this if you guys want to uh work for uh kevin uh where do they just go on their website like contact you yeah just call us up and you know tell us when you're coming Singing tree detroit um, detroit yeah it's it's fun to have people come through and i bet you know we had this guy working with us for the last couple of years he just ended up moving to arizona and that was and he was as a contract climber so yeah. he was working with us you know a few days a week every other week or so and um that was kind of a loss oh man going to california why has everybody got to go no to arizona you went to oh, arizona. arizona no he's actually at, he's arizona and he's out at sh doing the shaver sh sh shaver lake shaver lake up okay in that area. okay cool so cool cool what goes, company is he working for I couldn't tell you. Bill Burley. Bill knows. Bill, Bill's good friends with him, too. Oh, okay. Do you go work for Mulberries? It's possible. Yeah. That sounds about okay. right. Because that's where Bill worked for that. Yeah. So. Yeah. So, so that sounds I mean, right. you know, some of the listeners out there, what's what's some wisdom you can share? What's some things you can share to the industry? People that are going through hard times, good times, you know, driving their truck today, going to work, you know, ending their week. Uh, whatever time they're listening to, what's some tips from the top, some wisdom you can really share with everybody? Uh, just oh man, yeah. <laughs> if you guys can hear this in the background, we're at a trade show and they just totally interrupted the most wisdom we've ever got on this entire show. Well, give but, me some time to think. Yeah. Well, probably if you're already listening to this podcast, you're on the right track. I mean, that's the biggest advice that I can do is just like keep on learning because otherwise it gets boring, mm -hmm. you know, and you might assume that you know everything and that you got it all, like, because you can go out there and work every day and get it done. But the amount of knowledge to learn is endless like and don't be afraid to burn up some time learning it too everything i i always tell my guys like i would rather you spend time learning how to do it than try to rush the way you you know what you can you know you can get it done that way like yeah set up the rigging you know so let's let's do some yeah. span rigging let's let's run a trolley system. Let's, let's, let's play around. Let's, you gotta, you're gonna getting into that mindset of, you know, time is money, time is money, time is money. But even more important is, 
knowledge is and you're not going to get knowledge unless you play mm-hmm. and you're not going to get knowledge unless you experiment and learn when not to do something you know yeah. you can't know when to, to do something if you don't know when not to do it too so i mean i remember working for a company and getting reamed out for trying to set up a zip line and it was the first time this is you know, first time I'd set up a zip line, so I didn't really know what I was doing. And I mean, we I killed that job for my poor boss. Like <laughs> I would have been pissed too. But you were prepared for the next fifty. Well, yeah. I mean, the next time I went to go do a zip line, it was. Did, did it, you make up from the last job? Oh, absolutely. And then you the know, next one, you made up again. Even more, so. even more so. So don't be afraid to like. Yeah, you're gonna, you know, especially. You do, I mean, obviously you gotta make your boss happy. You gotta you gotta meet the requirements, but like and into the bosses out there too like make sure there's room to yeah. grow you know if you're stuck doing the same thing every time and you know i i play around with my saddle all the time i change things up i you know i see something on youtube oh i'm gonna try that out maybe it works maybe it doesn't work but you can't just look at something even though it might it might look just ridiculous and like ah, who needs all that stupid stuff like probably you don't need it but you should try it yeah it might you might might get something out of it so i think that's really my and it keeps it interesting like the worst the worst thing about any job is when it gets old and gets boring Boring. and um you don't need to let that happen and i mean that's completely up to you just keeping it keeping it exciting keep it keep it keep it fresh um even going to seminars that you've heard a thousand times guarantee there's one thing in that seminar that you're going to pick up like so it's one nugget one little and that nugget's going to pay off in the long run absolutely save your life make more money keep save someone else's life you know you never know and that nugget might have been in the last seminar you went to but you had picked up another nugget and there wasn't room for that nugget Yep. this time around so you might have heard it three or four times and sometimes you need to hear it three or four times before you're like I remember um, this is one of my latest new things is um, Doug Tokchok had shown this to me six or seven times of uh, a splice uh, on the end of his rope to not not a life support splice, but mm-hmm. simply a, uh, a splice using the sheath to be able to pull it through a crotch. Mm-hmm. And I was like, ah, who needs to do all that? I'll just pile hitch it or do whatever. But. And I was like, you know what, I'm gonna try it. And a game changer for me. Now all my ropes, I gotta have that, <laughs> you know, little sheath splice in yeah. there with a little eye, I can put my throw line through there. Don't have to worry about pulling it through a tight crotch or past that sucker. Cool. Or, you know, it'll go right through a zigzag or the rope runner and yeah. you know, it's not for life support. All it does is to is just to pull your line around and it's easy to do. So but it took me, you know, eight yeah. or nine times to look at it and be like, that's stupid. Why am I going to do that? I'm like, finally, you know what? I'm going to try that. Oh, wow. This really is, this is sweet. And then, and then you took your own medicine. Like, okay, mm-hmm. I got to try this. Let's see. Let me learn. And you did. Yep. And it paid off. Yeah. It paid off. That's good. That's good, man. Well, guys, there's a, there's a lot of, lot of nuggets in, in this talk today and especially at the end uh, for that. But uh, Kevin's going to be coming out to California. Oh, for sure. No, Jared's been. You're going to, uh, you're going to spend some time okay. with us. We're going to get you in the studio. We're going to have a full-length episode. We're and from what some- I understand, you're going to take me bass fishing. Oh, you're a bass fisherman? I mean, I like to fish. Oh, we're so. going to take you fishing. <laughs> the best bass lake in the country, Clear Lake. Uh, we'll catch some 5, 10-pounders out there. Uh, man, right now, right now, 
is the time. I mean, they're killing them out there on the lake because oh, this is right before they go into spawn. So all the big mamas start eating, eating, oh, for eating, sure. eating, so eating to go get on those beds right now. So they're just biting everything you throw in the water and you catch five fish and you may have a 40 to 50 pound bag. That's how big these bass are there. So. Oh, geez. But don't, yeah. this ain't a bass talk. I'll get on <laughs> it and a whole other thing. But uh, I appreciate you being on the show. Appreciate yep. you sharing your story you. and some of the experiences you had uh, out there. And guys, listen, uh, if you got something out of this, if you learned something, if you enjoyed this, just share it. Uh, put it out there. Uh, you know, other people want to hear this. They don't know that maybe the podcast exists. Uh, we got a pretty big industry and there's a lot of other people that, that need to hear things like this. So that's all we ask. If you listen to it and you listen to the end, you're listening to it right now and you don't share it, uh, you're a jerk. So don't be a jerk. Please share it. Uh, appreciate you guys uh, that do share and listen to the show. But uh, uh, 